Hey guys, we're coming at you live again here from the banquet. This is Kyle Klammer. And this is Zach Welch. And this is? The Good Life Bowhunter, the official podcast of the NBA. That it is. It's good to be back again. So um, We also have a couple special guests uh, with us here today. So, um, Tom, Lauren, you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves? Sure. This is Tom Nauman. I live in Hastings, Nebraska. I've been a member for about eh, 30 or so years. Uh, Lauren Cott from Gretna, Nebraska. I haven't been a member that long, but it's it's been a handful. Yeah, and uh, we're here to talk today about a pretty awesome program that um, these gentlemen partake in, and um, uh, just basically getting kids out in the field. And um, so we're talking about the mentor program. Do you guys just want to uh, start off and just kind of tell us about the program and sort of what it entails, and um, just give us kind of a brief overview? So. Well, basically, in a, about 1994 in Nebraska, uh, the Game and Parks Commission came up with an idea to take uh, some public, not public ground, but privately owned municipality kind of ground and uh, said, let's do a mentor hunt. We get some veteran bow hunters and we'll take some youngsters out and, uh, and teach them a little bit about bow hunting. So the very first attempt well, in 94 was uh, just a one day, one weekend hunt. And it, it turned out it was just vicious cold. And I think one of our mentors, Wes Sheets, I know a lot of, that's a name everybody yeah. will recognize, set up a big elk tent, and uh, they had some heaters going, and, and we hunted just for the day. And uh, didn't have much luck, obviously, but it was a start. And uh, then after that, they, uh, they, we kind of de- developed a program over time. And uh, the following year, which would have been 95 then, we uh, split the season in half. So pre-gun season, we took a few mentors and a few kids, and post-gun season, another group of mentors and another group of kids, and that's how it started. Our role really was to take a veteran bow hunter and teach the kids about deer hunting with a bow and arrow. And uh, first of all, they had to, the kid had to take uh, bow hunter education. That was a requirement. Once they graduated from bow hunter education, they could apply to uh, participate in a youth mentored hunt. And uh, so we started the program then, and... Uh, it was, uh, it was a pretty cool deal. I mean, we, we went to a place where there was just tons and tons and tons of deer. Uh, belonged to the city of Lincoln, ground between Omaha and Lincoln. And uh, there was, uh, if you wanted to learn something really fast about deer hunting, there was probably two or 300 deer in, a, in about a section and a half of ground. And uh, it was pretty crazy. Trails every three feet, scrapes, rubs, all the things that you could teach the kids and and uh, so we started the program then <clears throat> yeah so what we do the participants like tom said got to go through bow hunter education to pass that we've since then added a proficiency test where they've got to they've actually got to come and shoot their bow with the broadheads that they're going to hunt with um uh, participants are from age 12 through being a senior in high school whether that's 18 or 19 years old so You've got a window of about six years of opportunity to be in the program. We involve the kids in scouting ahead of the season after we pick some areas where we think we're going to get some um, deer travel. We put tree stands up. The kids are involved in the tree stands. We try to teach them why we set where, uh, wind direction, movements, uh, morning, evening, and so on. So they're involved in that. And then the actual hunt takes place. We can, as a mentor, we can take only two youth at one time with us. We're set within 70 yards of them, so 
we can kind of keep an eye on them. But this day and age with smartphones, about all the kids got a better smartphone than I have. Uh, <laughs> pretty much always got contact out there. And it's a real learning experience. I mean, uh, we get kids from different schools, different towns. At the end of the season, we're kind of all bonded and blended as a family, just like the NBA is. So works out pretty good. The kids get to meet a lot of other people. And uh, even though you may not get a shot, you might be along that night, and maybe the other youth gets a shot, the mentor gets a shot. We get plenty of blood trailing practice. I mean, we've been on numerous, numerous different types of blood trail. And, and even as a mentor, I'm still learning too. So, It's pretty amazing when we, uh, when we started with the kids. Uh, it's kind of funny. They're pretty shy when they're 12, 13 years old, as you guys can remember for sure. And uh, and you can't get three words out of them on the way out there to hunt. You get them in a tree, and, and we try to get, like I said, we want to be about 70 yards. Most of the time they're in sight, but early in the season there's a lot of foliage. So uh, like Lauren says, today we got cell phones. Before we had cell phones, we gave them whistles, and that was our communication. If they needed us, we'd we'd whistle. Uh, we do have the opportunities of mentor to hunt as well. So we're hunting, they're hunting, and we're not sitting in the same tree. Uh, we haven't done that. We've done a little bit of blind hunting like that, maybe where we will set in the set in the stand with blind. And I know Lauren took, uh, one time took, uh, or a couple of years, took a youngster that was in a wheelchair. And uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, the kids, basically, we had everything you could think of, from split homes to non-hunters to people who hunted and wanted to take their kids. We made a rule you couldn't take your own child. And as we know, and as you guys know, uh, who's the most critical person? Your own parents. And so we, we wanted to avoid that. You know, we wanted to say, no, we want them to learn. And and uh, it's pretty cool. We never really ever had any kind of discipline issues at all. We, we made the rules pretty straightforward, pretty first, you know, right up front. Uh, cool part is the, the proficiency thing became a pretty good deal. Uh, first of all, we made sure the equipment fit them because Uncle Charlie left them a bow that was 30-inch draw and they needed a 27. And, you know, we don't let them use mechanical broadheads because most of them are shorter draw length and lighter weights. And, and we just didn't think that was probably in the best interest, although today's bows are, are changing fairly rapidly, so uh, we might have to re revisit that at some point. But uh, it's pretty fun to watch them. And we didn't embarrass them. We had them certify at 10, 15, and 20 yards. Well, if they couldn't certify at 20 yards, guess what? We put them in a tree stand so they could only get a 10-yard shot. And, and we kind of did it that way so they didn't feel uncomfortable. But the fun part is when you take them, they don't say three words, okay? And on the way home, especially if they saw deer or had an opportunity, you can't shut them up. So it's pretty <laughs> cool when you think about all those changes that we see taking place. Lauren, tell them a little bit about the blood trailing that we had when we had some of those kids didn't have a clue and before it was over with they were like bird dogs right they they seem to pick okay first of all i gotta admit i'm red green colorblind now i can see red when i go to a nebraska football game obviously and i know grass is green but picking up uh, blood on a on a deer trail is a little tough for me so these kids are scrambling ahead and their their nose is to the ground about like a bloodhound and they pick that they pick that up pretty good, and that's when the excitement kind of starts to build. We kind of go along in uh, an old trick that I've learned from Tom. We mark our tray with toilet paper, just put little globs of white paper down. So if we kind of lose track, we can turn around and uh, kind of see where we've come and maybe get an idea where that deer might be moving to. But it, it adds some excitement to the game, and, and then, of course, the big excitement is when you recover the animal. There's we've a had lot of high fives and 
I tell you, some of those kids, like Tom said, that were super quiet, for about the next five minutes, their feet are not on the ground. They're just ecstatic. So, And, I mean, we all remember our first deer hunt. And, and I, I wrote an article a good number of years ago about 50 years and still addicted. And uh, I tell the story about when I went out and went to the timber. I'd never been in it before. Nobody taught me how to hunt or do anything. And I says, today it's a lot different. We get to we get to put them in the in the game so that they're going to keep interest. As we know today that uh, with the society of instant gratification that we deal with and, and everything, the the better we can make the hunts for them and with them, maybe we'll get a stick a lot longer. You know, I mean today's today's when we first started that. I had one child that one youngster that I took fifty four times in one season, and uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Today, 25 or 26 years later, they all got 14 other things they're doing besides that, and we just don't seem to get quite the, quite the, uh, the, the amount of times out. Uh, Lauren, tell them a little bit. <clears throat> His group has really had a great bond, and mm-hmm. when the season's over, they do a lot of things. So talk a little bit about what you've done there. Well, we, we try to get a few get-togethers. A lot of times we involve... Uh, food when we're doing this we'll come out in the woods and we get done putting up stands we'll grill some deer brats from the season before or deer burgers or whatever try to you know get the kids kind of eating some wild game with us and when we do in uh december early part of december we get uh our little group we've got like uh six uh five six mentors of us up there um we we share some kids but we probably got i don't know 50 60 kids up in that omaha metro area there we invite them and their families. We come down and have a little Christmas party. And we cook some wild game up. If you don't have wild game, we eat regular meat and potatoes and what have you. We do some uh, fun kind of Christmas games, and it just kind of that kind of gets everybody mixing up. And we, uh, we try to split people up at the table so your opportunity to meet somebody new is, is better in there. And uh, some of the corny things some of the kids do, I mean, they, they get a mark, and everybody remembers them. And, uh, but it just kind of blends everybody together as a family. And then at the end of the season, we do a, uh, a banquet where we invite all the Lincoln guys, the Omaha guys. We'll probably have, I don't know, I would guess this last year we probably had 160 people there. All the families, brothers and sisters of the hunt participants. We do uh, another big deal with wild game. Everybody brings some different dishes or whatever. We have a ton of food to eat. We put together a slideshow, and the, we, we start taking pictures from – um, scouting, putting up tree stands, and then of course, obviously the success pictures are big. We get them, uh, kids with the deer, and just some candid's throughout the season. We run that, put some music behind it. It really revs the motor up for uh, you know. We do this in February, and everybody's pretty revved up when they walk out looking for that opening day coming next September. So it's a yeah. good deal. And, and they've really done a great job. If you guys haven't had the opportunity to see the video. Kevin and Lauren have done it for a couple, three years now, and there's some pretty cool videos. And and I think the, the fun part about it is, you know, in it, 25, 26 years ago when we started that, we still have relationships with a lot of those kids today. As an example, and I think uh, we Lauren wrote an article about it for the NBA magazine, but one of our gals, Katie Lowry was her name, and she started when she was 12, and uh, we took her all the way through till senior in high school, and, and now... 
she joins us on our elk hunts in Colorado, and she works for <laughs> she awesome. works for Fish and Game in Idaho now. So I mean, it, it's really rewarding when we see that that's still there. We get invited to their weddings, we get invited to their graduations, and I mean, it's a it's a family deal that has really really worked well. Uh, there's room for it everywhere. We just the biggest challenge probably in the in the whole program is finding quality places to be able to take and things change you know when 9-11 came about some of the properties that the municipalities where we owned it all of a sudden we had a lot more rules we had to had to follow and I think the cool part about the rules is we want them to understand that ethics is a huge piece and we want it we teach that hard we pound it hard because guess what I've had kids in the program they one weekend they stay they go and hunt with their dad or uncle Charlie and they're walking back to the truck in the dark, and the doe jumps up, and the dad says, shoot at it. Well, we don't want that to happen. You know, we, we try to get through that, and, and, and it's been pretty good. Uh, never really have a problem. Uh, the kids are ready to go early in the morning when we go, and uh, yeah, sometimes they're not dressed exactly what they needed to be. They, they have a tendency to get a little cold, and uh, it's a learning process. And we, don't, we make a little fun out of it. And uh, we have some pretty strict guidelines as far as safety. We use lifelines in all of our tree stands and safety harnesses. When we first started, we just used safety belts. Well, now we have the lifelines and the harnesses, and, and that's awesome. I mean, that's what you want. Well, a kid will forget his harness. And, uh, you know. That's why you carry that Rubbermaid tub in the back of your truck with three extra harnesses in it. <laughs> one day I didn't like have that. mine, extra one. And the kid says, oh, I forgot my harness. Well, luckily, I had been turkey hunting, I think, and I had a chair and my blind in the, in the uh, truck. So I said, all right, you're going to either sit in the truck or you can get that chair and sit over there in that cedar tree. And the guy's the luckiest hunter I've ever seen in my life. He sits <laughs> in the cedar tree on my hunting chair, and a doe comes by. He missed it, luckily, but he had a shot. I'm going, are you kidding me? <laughs> but that's how it is, and, I mean, it's been a fun deal. It's been a labor of love for a lot of us, and... Uh, we have about today. I think we got about 20 mentors, wouldn't you say, Lauren? That, Probably pretty close. And anywhere from 60 to 100 kids. Uh, and over the years, I think myself, I've probably had uh, around 100 kids that I've been assigned to in that 20-some year period of time. So it's been a lot of fun. And it used to be uh, when we had some of that ground early. I mean, the success rates were phenomenal, guys. I think the, the best year I had, we had uh, three children, three guys assigned to me and we took 24 deer which is pretty awesome (laughs) but that kind of tells you how many deer there were in the the areas we were hunting it's it's a good fit for uh, some of the kids that don't participate in sports or have anything to do after school it keeps them away from home away from video games teaches a little uh appreciation for the the resource out there we try to stress that Um, some kids might play football well, then they can't hunt the first part of the season, but they don't play basketball. So here they come online about the uh, early part of November and flip-flop. That's the cool thing about Nebraska's bow season. You know, you got uh, from September 1 down to the end of December. I mean, it fits about anybody's schedule. And I would say as mentors, I think uh, Tom and myself, our best years, we probably upwards of 60-some trips with the kids. But uh, I would say bare minimum, um, maybe 25 trips with kids. On, and most guys are going to score 40 50 trips with kids well you take 
average trip is three hours, uh, you know, sitting in the stand and stuff, and then uh, add in the trailing and all that. Uh, it, it, the hours kind of add up, but, you know, at the end of the season, you look back at that and uh, a lot of satisfaction. So, yeah, good deal. We, we did include a couple years. Uh, some of these kids, when they get a deer, aren't, don't have the financial resources to, you know, take it to a processor. So we just had them uh, put the stuff in a freezer. And we, we actually have done about three or four processing days uh, in the past where we uh, get everybody together that wants to put some deer in. We'll, uh, some of us mentors will buy some additional pork, some sausage casings, and uh, nothing too elaborate, but we... Uh, Threw it together in the co-op shop. I'm not sure it was USDA approved, but uh, we uh, did some processing. And I think the best year we did eight deer. Actually, one year I had a local uh, outfitter up there that was thinning some deer out. And he, he gave us eight deer to work with, eight antlerless tags. So kids got the, the whole gamut from skinning down to stuffing sausages. Uh, then when we got done, everybody got a care package. And the neat thing was some of those kids, like, for instance, from Ashland, Two or three of their buddies couldn't make it, and they said, hey, how about if I grab a few packages of this and this and this? I'm going to drop it off at their house. So kind of how it works. It, uh, it, it, ironically, when we first started, and we're just rambling. I hope this is no, kind of what you – This is perfect, yeah. When please. we first started, we, uh, we'd we meet with the families, or at least I did. I started, and we'd go to, to their house, meet with the family, mom, dad, brothers, and sisters, and I says, here's how this is going to go down. We're going to hunt. I'm going to bring home a pretty excited young student, and I'm going to have a bloody deer in the back of my pickup, and I'm going to lay it on your driveway, and it's yours. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they listen, and they think, okay, that's pretty cool, until it happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then they go, what am I supposed to do with it, you know? We've already discussed it, but it's, part, it's pretty cool because it's, it's a learning process for them. And I, one of my kids, the first time he went, he shot two. The same night. And one was a Pope and Young Buck. And I'm going, so I bring two deer to his place. And then that was pretty fun. And then once in a while we'd have a really successful night. And we'd get two, three, four deer in one night with the kids. And so you, and I tell the parents, I says, you know, it's a school night, but we might not get home for a while. Because uh, I think one time I got four. And uh, by the time I got home, it was 3 o'clock in the morning the time I dropped all the kids oh, off and and uh, so we you know it was pretty cool and I mean we we just you can tell we love it <clears throat> and uh, we we'd like to see it expand we've never to my knowledge ever turned down a youth that wanted to participate uh, we try to we try to promise them that we'll get them out five times minimum well that works okay but you can't make them go and sure. uh, today it's harder I mean we have a little bit more trouble getting them out as much and we don't hunt with the property without the youth so therefore if we don't have anybody to take then uh, and a lot of times we've given up all of our good spots to hunt because we've we're dedicated to this program and and uh, sure. that's a part of it that that just happens but well, I wouldn't trade it for anything we try to rotate the kids if we've got one that's maybe of course we're in a um, what do they call that river uh, private ground river antlerless area so you can buy numerous tags you know mm -hmm. and we've had kids back in the good old days I'll cut, tell you that shot eight deer apiece <laughs> a lot of antlerless tags but any any more it, it's not an emphasis so much on numbers we've got a couple of kids that have already filled a tag they kind of go a little bit to the back of the pack and then we try to get the other ones out and you know get an equal opportunity for everybody out there so 
everybody needs to taste that uh, success once, once or twice in their life. So, and that's what gets them going. And then what happens is we might get one or two kids from a school. This is how it kind of happened in Ashland. We had one or two kids from school. Well, one of them wound up getting a pretty decent buck, and that word spread through school like wildfire. Now we've probably got upwards of 10 or 12 out of there that come up to hunt. So the kids kind of do a little bit of the promoting of the program, you know, which is kind of neat too. So, but. Definitely. How's, uh, could you talk just a little bit? I mean, how does, uh, you know, a kid, you know, apply for this or, you know, if anybody's listening that's interested in this or have, has had somebody in mind that would, you know, uh, benefit from doing this program you know talk through the process of that okay. if you would. the first thing is they they have to take bow hunter ed yep okay once they pass bow hunter ed there's a <clears throat> they can they can apply and it's a very simple application they just apply with game and parks to want to participate in a mentor hunt it's very simple they can call game and parks office and they can get the application many of us have put on the bow hunter ed classes have a few applications with us and we mention it at the end yeah, of the we, class we market gotcha. the program through our class so. and, and then word of mouth with the kids themselves is is a is a pretty yeah. good program but that it's a pretty simple process um you know and all the mentors have had to go through the background check the boy scout background check and in that usa archery one uh we have to, you know, be certified that uh, you know, we understand how to deal with, with youth. And uh, and we've had uh, young gals and young guys both in our program and, and very, very successful. We've, uh, over the years, I think we had, we've had a couple of lady mentors. Mm-hmm. We don't have any, I don't think right now, do we, Lauren? No. But we have had in the past. And, of course, that's pretty cool gravitation if you have a lady mentor and we have some young gals it works out really well for them they feel a little bit more comfortable sure and uh, and of course you know then they have to brag when they have way more success than the guys <laughs> do but that's okay we're used to that yeah. <laughs> yep absolutely so how's somebody become a mentor then basically uh you have to have be a bow hunter ed instructor and uh, when I say that, that's how it started. It maybe is a slightly different today, but you have to be a bow hunter ed instructor, and I think you have to be a minimum of 25 years old. Okay, and uh, again, you let Game of Parks know uh, that you'd like to be participate in the program, and uh, it's not a program for the mentor to have a place to hunt because he didn't have a place to hunt. It's about taking the kids, and, and so they select us based upon you know. A, our enthusiasm and, and and those things that are with it, but you you have to be a bow hunter ed instructor and you have to be I think twenty five years age is the right. uh, minimum age. Gotcha, awesome. Yeah. Well, he talked a bit a little bit about the program, kind of the background and stuff. What are some of your guys' favorite men like memories from it or experiences or maybe a specific hunt? Oh, gee, I don't know. There's a lot. I've got just about every video that I've been uh, involved in. Uh, stored on my computer at work I can I can play them back from the uh, early 2000s and stuff when we started doing that and that's therein encompasses the memories because we get to success moments we don't always have uh, success I mean we're going to be honest we've lost some deer out there kids have uh, kids have learned some lessons the hard way and then we kind of remind them like well, we don't want to do this again and uh, you know to push the shot a little bit it gets you can you can sense the competition among the kids when when somebody you know draw gets a big one then then the competition level heats up a little bit and, and we just try to still and make them uh, 
take those quality shots, you know. Don't try to, you know, outdo your buddy and, and make a bad shot, and then we lose an animal. So, But there's been a lot of... A lot of these single-parent kids that have no, never been in the outdoors involved at all, and uh, then we take them with us and they go bow hunting and they get that first deer. And like Tom said, you can't get three words out of them driving to and from the tree, uh, the, the timber. And, man, when that first deer comes, it's like yakety-yak-yak all the way home, <laughs> and it just opens up a whole new uh, vocabulary for them, which is those, those moments are pretty precious. Uh, the first deer that they get, and uh, just just generally the success when anybody sends it gets a tag filled. So it, it's kind of a celebration by everybody that might be hunting the woods that night. So probably you ask for a memory, and, and <clears throat> Lauren and I were uh, we we were both hunting at the same time that particular this particular hunt, and uh, and uh, Lauren mentioned to you that he's red green colorblind, so he's not the absolute best tracker in the world, and uh, it was pretty funny. We had to. The little kid, I think Luke Vidal was his name, if I remember yeah. correctly. And he was a little short guy. And I mean to tell you, he was a bloodhound. It was amazing. And we're trailing along. And uh, any of you remember Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid when they're trying to get away from the guys? And Butch says to Sundance, who are these guys? And so Lauren and I are having a little fun with it. And we said, this deer saying, who are these guys? Who are these no. guys? And so we had a lot of fun with that over the years. But that was a pretty cool memory because all of a sudden the kid became the leader because he was the one that was doing the best job of bird dogging. And like Lawrence says, we've had – it's bow hunting. We have, we have hit animals that we don't recover. They hit animals that we don't recover. The better job we teach – the better that happens, but it still happens. We we all still have those issues. It's it's bow hunting, and that's that's part of it. When they do that, we don't want we don't shame them. We we, we talk to them about making the proper shot, and and then we also explain, hey, this is a part of the game, and we don't like that part very well, but we get through it. We talk it through, and and uh, it's part of life. Yep, so. and and they get better, and they get better. The uh, the rate of uh, of hit and not recover is pretty low, really. I mean, we've, yeah. you know, when you got veterans and 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 uh, we've done a pretty good job of, of recovery, but it's it's still bow hunting. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, I just have a couple more things, unless you guys have um, you know anything else. But um, I, I guess number one thing I just wanted to ask you was. Um, how how can we um, help and be supportive of this program? Because you know, I think any, everybody in the NBA, you know, we, you know, we see, uh, you know, just the work that you guys are doing, and we just, you know, really appreciate it. And so, what you know, what what types of things can we do to help? And and uh, you know, I guess I don't know. I mean, you guys support it. The NBA supports us. I know we get some monetary donations to help in buying lifelines and and safety equipment. Our biggest hurdle is is land right now, and I mean that's a mm-hmm. tough one. Sure. Um, yeah. But so I, I think just word of mouth when uh, you hear somebody that maybe has too many deer that has a, you know, a fair size spread or something mention the mentor program. As we all know, it's a lot easier to gain access when you take a youngster with you. The other part is it's it's primarily been an Omaha Lincoln program just because that's where 75 percent of the population lives, as sure. we all know. Yep. Uh, we started Grand Island. uh I live down Hastings, so we started a Grand Island program here about five years ago now, it seems like already. And so we've expanded a little bit. So part of it is is other areas. I mean, 
you know, not that we have it covered fantastically in in Omaha and, and Lincoln, but we have a we have a good program solid there. Again, the challenge is property to hunt, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think there's plenty of opportunities there as we hear. You know, uh, certainly landowners are having a problem with with too many deer and they understand what this program could be, a lot of them are going to respond very positively saying, this is cool. We got kids that can get the opportunity. I mean, recruitment for all of us is a very difficult challenge today. We know our numbers are are declining and we got to do everything we can to to try. So, I mean, if, if I was to say helping find land, expand a program beyond just the Omaha Lincoln area in, in other spots, uh, get mentors who are who are dedicated and willing enough to give up some of their primo hunting time mm-hmm. to participate in the program is, is yeah. a part of it. And I, I think those are the kind of things. Awesome. Um, one more thing, I you know, I Tom and Lauren, I just, like I said, I know we're kind of had you, but I know there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of members of the NBA that um, are that help with this program. Um, just off the top of your head, and we'll probably forget some names, but I just wanted to just take a second to just kind of recognize some of those other people too. Could you just spout off some names just so you know people sure. know who they are? Well, and, the, in our metro area, we've got Kevin Mark, uh, Jeff Mysick, NBA members, uh, Ron Berube, Brian Hefner. Uh, those that's kind of the core group that uh, I hunt with over there. We've also got. Uh, Neil Chandler and, and Bill Lewis on our end of the state. So over in uh, in Grand Island, we have myself and Robert Gregg and uh, Eric Schulte. Those would be the three that that run over there. There's uh, in 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 the Lincoln area. Yeah. We've got uh, West Sheets. Yep. We got Jim Tubbs. We got Curtis Snyder. We got uh, Harry Wendell. We've got. Uh, I think John is John Elliott was doing it. I don't think John is now. Maybe he's backed off a little bit. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> the crowd, actually, the crowd is getting older. When we when we <laughs> have our mentor months together, we're uh, we're not the spring chickens we were when we started this thing. So we need to recruit some some of the, some of the guys who want to come on in and get in this program and, and do that. Yeah, we need, we need some of them twenty seven to forty year old guys in there sure. because yeah. that's the the energy level. Uh, you know, as you, as we get older and as we start to mature in our work thing, and we have we may have a little more time to do it than than somebody young, and I think that's a challenge. You know, what I mean, it's a challenge in everything we do. Basically, is the old guys are the ones that are still doing a lot of the stuff. You guys are a perfect example of how we've gotten some of the young guys involved in your piece of it, your technology thing, and those are good. <coughs> Some we didn't have. Sure. <laughs> yeah it's it's uh and you know the, i think in the early years things might have been misconstrued a little bit like well this is a trophy buck hunt for the for the mentors down there and and granted there was a lot of opportunity on big deer when this first first started especially down in that lincoln ground where we hunt but it, it's really not that when you look at the a, a lot of mentors don't even fill their tag the kids get the the choice what i do when i take them down there i say okay we're gonna hunt what do you think? What do you think, guys? Where's the wind tonight? Well, um, I think it's south. Okay, yeah, we got that figured out. So where, where's our acceptable setups? So we talk about that, and I say, all right, you guys, you guys get choice. You take the two you want. I'll take what's left over. So it's it's kind of a yeah. We all want to shoot a big deer or two, but you know, there's a lot more success watching these youngsters do it. So we've we've had a lot, a lot of 
medium and average sized bucks walk right by us on purpose because we know it's going right to the down the trail to the kid <laughs> and it's pretty amazing when uh when the the deer goes by the kid and he's so rattled he can't get it you know done and it's it's a lot of fun we have a, we have a lot of fun with that and uh also think the challenge is we we teach the wind piece pretty strongly and uh those of us that are pretty successful hunters understand how important it is well the kid will say he has his favorite tree that he likes because he sees deer out of the wind's wrong he says well i'd like to hunt that stand i says now think about it for a second what's the wind going to do which way are the deer coming yeah i guess that won't work you know so <laughs> that's a part that they're learning and it's fun for us yeah definitely um well, excellent. Well, thank you guys so much for, for coming welcome. on today. And do you guys have any closing thoughts, anything else you'd just like to share? I mean, No. no. Okay. NBA has been a great supporter. I, I think you last night when I asked how many mentors were in there, and I think I think 16 guys stood up, and we have 20 mentors. So that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. good. Yeah. That tells you how involved our organization is, and we want to keep it that way. And that's yeah. that's the recruiting class that we, we keep working with. We're a, we're a family part of the big family here, so. Excellent. Anything else, Zach? I don't think so. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you guys again. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, guys. This is Kyle Klammer. Just throwing in a little transitional piece here. Zach's not with me at the moment, but um, we've we've got on Craig Schoenberg here as well. He's going to talk about jerky for the troops. Um, We just want to give a special thanks to um, all three of these gentlemen that took their time to just record these podcasts with us so thanks to craig lauren and tom we really appreciate them so thanks excellent yeah it's good to be here we got a special guest here today uh we got craig craig schoenberg here craig you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself real quick Craig Schoenberg, I've been an uh, NBA member since uh, almost the very start. Yeah, awesome. We've actually we've had Craig on for our Meet an NBA Member segment before, so some of you that have listened to the podcast will recognize that name and um, be familiar with him. So, um, Anyhow, we're going to kind of talk about a pretty special program um, that, we, that Craig started and um, and yeah, I guess uh, jerky for the troops, I guess, is what we're going to talk about today. So I'm just going to kind of turn over to Craig here for just a sort of introduction as far as um, why don't you just tell us tell us about the program and just kind of give us a, a, a brief overview here and okay. go right into it. So, uh, Well, it, the program started in 2009, uh, and how it got started was the the year before I was talking with a friend who's son had just returned from his i think third tour of duty in iraq and he came home got a bow permit went out shot a doe took it down to the local processor and had the whole thing made into jerky and my friends had asked my son what are you going to do with all that jerky and he said well he said i'm i'm sending it back to to all my friends that are still in iraq and uh, yeah he said you know packages from home just just mean the world of the guys and i thought maybe that's something we could do for the Nebraska Bow Hunters Association and and uh, it uh, it turned out finally contacted Sergeant Pack um, they agreed to do it at a re- reduced rate and uh, and I figured it'd be a one and done and I, I think it collected 300 300 and some pounds that first year and uh, 
the guys kept asking me, well, I want to shoot a deer later in the year. You know, will you still do it? Sergeant Pack agreed to do it, and uh, so it's uh, more than one and done. It's yeah. So it, how many? It's been what eight years now, or, or more than eleven? That? Eleven. Last years. year was the eleventh eleventh year. Yeah, that's that's, that's awesome. <laughs> um, tell us, just talk us about some of the challenges you faced. Um, different things like you know getting this all set up, or you know what what that kind of entailed. I guess it, it actually it all fell into place pretty easy. A fr- friend of mine. Uh, found Sergeant Pack for me where they agreed to do it at a reduced rate. Actually, the first batch, I think first couple batches, they did 100 pounds of free processing. And uh, so it, it just uh, got, got the word out. I've done television interviews, uh, newspaper uh, interviews, radio interviews, and, and uh, word kind of spread. People contact me and want to donate their deer. And, and uh, yeah, there's really never been any major problems so. that's awesome how many how many pounds of meat would you say you're that you're getting donated roughly well th- this year i thought we were down a little bit this year but i've got roughly 1500 pounds wow uh, donated this year and uh, uh usually you know thousand pounds i i've had a couple of years you know close to three thousand pounds of meat donated so yeah no it's Fantastic! I know you. Uh, we were just chatting a little bit earlier, but uh, tell everybody how uh, how many pounds that we've sent, or it, you know, the program has sent over well, overseas once, so far. Once I send what is being processed yep. this year, it'll end up being a little over eight thousand pounds yeah. of jerky. That's four a lot of people say tons. Yeah, of jerky. four tons of jerky. <laughs> That's, That's impressive. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is like really impressive so yeah i mean we were talking earlier you know you figure that ends up being how much deer would you say i mean well it it dries down to about half so so about sixteen thousand. yeah about eight tons of deer deer meat wow that is that's awesome so um i guess you know you kind of touched on a little bit craig you know i mentioned that you're you know you're uh, why you kind of started doing this um you know tell us about some of the yeah, and I know you've told some of these stories before, and so do you have any that just kind of stick out in your mind as far as some, like, cool responses that you've heard from people and just, yeah. uh, you, I mean, I know I'm sure there's there's many, but if you can pick a couple and just kind of some stories, but I don't know if that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess one that, it, well, there's been a couple kind of humorous. I, I sent some to uh, a young, young Marine uh, that, I, I'd known for several years. He married the daughter of a good friend of mine, and uh, I, I'd set him a couple batches of jerky. But uh, uh, one of them happened to be—they uh, were at Guantanamo doing guard duty down there—and uh, sent him 50 pounds of jerky or whatever. Anyhow, when he when he's back home, he's telling me, you know, we're talking about the jerky, and he says, "Oh yeah," he said, "kind of cool." He says, "I'd keep all the jerky," and he said. He said the guys just loved it, but he said I'd toss a package out and make them wrestle for it. <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to do that. You know, oh no, that that was a lot of fun. Well, this this last year, I contacted him, and uh, I said, hey, do you have any, you know, any names so I can send some jerky to? Him? He said, yeah, I've got got a friend of mine that. So I sent the jerky to him, and 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 he he sent me a, a response. He says, man, I got the jerky. He said, uh, Dan Rorick's the one that. Uh, 
you know, gave you my name, and, and, uh, and I sent a note back, and I says, well, I, I really hope you didn't do like Dan when I sent it, throw the packages out and make, make the guys wrestle for it. And he's, oh, no, no, I didn't do that. But I remember those days. Those were good days, you know. <laughs> and uh, there's, there's just been, uh, been a lot of cool stories. I'm trying to. That my mind's going blank right now. Oh no! So Sorry. Right. Where, uh, <laughs> you know, where where have you sent it? Like, I mean, where where is all this jerky gone? Like, in the, you know, in probably the majority to uh, the when I first started. You know, it was majority going to Iraq. Yeah. And then we moved into Afghanistan. The majority's gone to Iraq and Afghanistan, but there's there's been uh, uh, I, I've I've sent it to uh, well Cuba, uh, Japan. Uh, I've, I've sent some to Africa, mm-hmm. so it's it's gone all over. Do you have a contact or somebody that you that you work through as far as you know getting the proper you know how to how to I'm sure it you know I'm sure it's you can't probably just send a bunch of you know big packages to you know right. army bases and things like yeah. that and across. I've, seas. I've got a got a marine contact at okay. uh, Camp Pendleton mm-hmm. that's provided names. A lot of the names I get. You know, or NBA members or sure. somebody that knows about the project. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, my my nephew's serving, and give me their address, and I'll I'll get jerky to them. So there's a lot of it that way. But I, I I've got several military contacts that I can get names from. Awesome, awesome. Um, Craig, tell us, uh, you know, what we can do as NBA members to you know help support the program and to continue it going here in the future what would be some some things that we can do yeah if you know like say if you get a deer you don't have to uh, donate the whole deer but if you can donate parts of it or you know just the trimmings freeze it put it in ziploc bags and i can come pick it up or if you're close to sergeant you know you can drop it off at sergeant uh this year uh uh casey mitchell at belschner uh, Custom Meats and Amherst wants to get uh, started. He's, I, I took about 200 pounds to him last week, mm-hmm. and I picked up 138 pounds from him. There's another uh, packing plant that I'm working with in uh, Holstein that are interested in, in doing it. Up until this time, Sergeant Pack has been the only ones that... But, so you can get it there or contact me. I'll make arrangements to get it and get it to them. Or, Perfect. Uh, do you have an email or or some or some form of contact that we could put yeah, out my, on here that'd be okay with? Yeah, my go. my email is uh, ishi five two two at charter dot net. I s h i five two two at charter dot net. So awesome. Yeah. Very good. Anything else about it, or you know, I, I uh, close or no, you know, thoughts? What uh, you know, the, the there's just been uh, a lot of support for the program. Obviously, a lot of deer meat uh, donated. Uh, Grand Island School System has kind of adopted the project. They hold a Jeans Day every year to uh, collect money. Jim Tubbs uh, is active in the archery for the school, archery in the schools. Uh, he last year started uh, giving him some jerky as samples. He's taken donations there. Uh, an attorney up in Norfolk, uh, Builds a, a knife every year that we raffle off, and uh, and then the NBA also supports the project. So any any support like that is 
okay. appreciated too. So. Yeah, I guess that kind of brings up a good question. Uh, you know, where does a lot of the, I mean, you said most of the, you know, the packing plants, you know, kind of do a discounted rate or whatever. Um, you know, is that where most of the funding comes from is to, to you know, help pay for the processing fees and stuff like that? Actually, that... The, the shipping, you know, r- runs more than, sure. the, oh, sure, more yeah. than the packing. Yeah, the Makes post sense. office. When I, when I first started, I mentioned it last night. I think when I started a, a large flat rate box, military rate was 11, 11.35, and, and I get about 10 pounds to a box, and uh, now it's just, just under $20. So that's what's, yeah, what's really expensive. But so far, uh, when, when I first started it, I really had no idea how I was going to, other than pay for it out of my pocket, and, and I contacted Robin Conrad's at Traditional Bowhunter magazine, and, mm-hmm. and they had been giving magazines to servicemen, sending them to them. So I contacted Robin, and I said, hey, you know, I need some names. And I said, yeah, I really don't know how I'm going to pay for this. And she says, Craig, just, just do it. She says, it's the right thing to do, and, you know, the funding will take care of itself. And she was right. It has. So, Craig, is Say someone can't donate a deer, they're way out in western Nebraska where they can't get it. Do you take donations? I mean, let's say somebody wanted to donate some money to you. Yeah, it? they can. They can contact me, send money, Excellent. and yeah, and, uh, yeah it, it it's all all welcome and awesome. And uh, yeah, if they all I have to do is contact me, and we'll make arrangements. So well, there you go. If you can't donate your deer, please. You can donate to the cause. I mean, yeah. any way you can help out. So yeah. yeah. And it is a great cause. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and yeah I, it's 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 been like say I've I've gotten hundreds of, of emails and letters. Uh, one uh, kind of quick story. Several years ago, um, I, I I do the membership for Compton Traditional Bow Hunters, and this gentleman had his membership had lapsed, and he renewed. And when he sent the application, he sent two different, two separate addresses, one in Kansas and one in Pennsylvania. And so I, I, I called him, you know, and I said, hey, you know, I left a message for him. And uh, when, he, when he returned the call, he said, well, I, I said, we got two different addresses. What am I supposed to use? And he says, well, he said, I'm currently in the military, but he says I'm going to be getting out in a month or two, and I'm at Fort Riley. And uh, he said, my home is in Pennsylvania. And I said, well, I said, I'll send it to Fort Riley when you, you know, get out. Just send me your address. And uh, so as we were talking, I, I kind of wanted to tell him about jerky for the troops. And I said, well, have you been deployed? And he said, yeah, I had a 18-month deployment and a 12-month deployment. And uh, anyhow, down the road, I, well, I, I told him, I said, well, if you, you know, have any friends that are over there, send me their, their names. I will, I will get them jerky. And it was, it was a couple of weeks later, he sent me an email with a whole list of names. And there, there was one sergeant, and then they were a lieutenant colonels, colonels, majors, and a general. And I'm thinking, you know, I really wanted this jerky to go to guys that are out, out in the field doing the fighting. But I, I know the officers share it with everybody. So I thought, well, okay, normally I send more than 10 pounds, but I send them each a 10-pound box. Yeah. And I instantly got emails from all the, the majors, lieutenant, lieutenant colonels and everything, and I never got anything from the general. And it, it, it kind of griped me because I thought he could have at least, you know, told an aide, hey, write this guy a note, yeah. you know, tell him <laughs> thanks. It, about 
Five weeks later, I got a handwritten letter from the general. Wow. Turns out he was the second in command of all the wow. forces over there, and he was a traditional <laughs> bow hunter. And uh, you know, thanked me for what I was doing for the troops, the morale of the troops. So, yeah. so that was pretty pretty cool. So, and and then I, I have become pretty good friends with with the guy. And it turns out, um, he retired as a as a lieutenant colonel, and you know he. he looks about Zach's age or your age, you know, and, and, uh, but he's up in Alaska now. And, oh, wow. Yeah. It's an so. okay place to be if yeah, you're yeah, a bow yeah. hunter. So. Yeah, true. So <laughs> oh, that's, Anyhow. that's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Anything else? Any other thoughts? Mm-hmm. Like I said, no, it's kind of short and sweet, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, well, I appreciate you letting me ramble on about this. Oh, no. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty special project. So well, Yeah, what you're doing is a great thing, and we yeah. appreciate and, it. And, and, I, and I do it, you know, to promote the Nebraska Bow Hunters Association, promote bow hunting and, and bow hunters. So yes, yeah, absolutely. It uh, keeps Definitely. me at it anyhow. Definitely. Yeah, no. Um, again, Craig, just want to thank you so much for, like I said, getting this started. And, uh, you know, I, I think everybody in the NBA would – um, and and all of the troops and everybody would would uh, you know surely want to shake your hand and tell yeah. you thank you and Definitely. well so. and, and I guess maybe I'll close with you know if anybody listens to this that has family members or you know somebody they know that's in the military that would like jerky yeah contact them get me their address and I'll definitely get jerky sent to them so for sure awesome excellent anything else Zach I don't think so okay thanks cool. Craig sure appreciate it so. You're welcome. Thank you. You bet. Thanks. Again, one more thanks to Tom, Lauren, and Craig. Just really appreciate those guys getting on and helping us out with the podcast. Um, you know, I just wanted to put in a quick plug here from Zach and I. We just hope that you guys are doing okay. You know, it's kind of a crazy time with this coronavirus stuff. And, um, you know, we just uh, be thinking about you guys and um, you know, we'll, we'll try to keep getting content out to you. You know, it's a little bit, um, you know, unorthodox here. We're going to work with some new things, zoom and, uh, trying to, um, figure out ways that we can get stuff recorded since we can't meet up necessarily. So, um, hope you guys are getting out in the Turkey woods. Um, good luck Turkey hunting. I know that that's definitely one acceptable form of social distancing right now. So, um, be, be, uh, be getting out and doing that. Um, and we'll be putting out, I think, a turkey episode here before long. Um, and uh, we'll get that out to you here within the next couple weeks. So hope you guys are doing well. Uh, this is Kyle Klammer. This is the Good Life Bow Hunter, official podcast of the NBA. Thanks.